We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Ern Carlo Navas, and with me today, we have a full house. Uh, today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Good evening, gentlemen. We have our trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Hello. We have our Heat Beat insider, Saucy Nuggets, Mr. Lefty Leif. Yo, what's up? And we have statistician and Photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Hey, hey. Both... Leif and Chris, credentialed media members. Leif got to go to the game in Atlanta uh, last week and a half ago. Chris went last night to Heat Sixers in Miami. Uh, and I guess I, I kind of like whenever we have guys going to cover games for the first time. We did it with Nikias. We've done it with Brian and Alex. I want to know y'all's experience. Like, we out here. We made it. Thanks to the Five Reasons Sports Network, started by Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham. Check out all our podcasts there at Five Reasons Sports on Twitter. And uh, we've been, we've been extending lots of cool opportunities. We're, we're reporting. We're at the games. Leif, you got to talk to a, you got to talk to a lot of players, practically the whole team, uh, and you wrote a piece. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience and what, what you wrote? Huh. Well, I mean, obviously you guys know that I've been a crazy Heat fan since whatever, fourth grade. Uh, won't, we won't talk about how long ago that was. But so to actually be able to walk in the locker room and talk to these guys and kind of um, to do all of those things was an awesome experience. Um, the thing was, is like when I went into it, I really didn't want to talk to these dudes about Heat at Hawks in November. Um, even like when the Heat were good, Heat at Hawks in November – um, aside from maybe a couple Chris Bosch moments, has never been necessarily the most intriguing thing to go and talk about. So uh, I came at it from a different angle and, and kind of talked to the guys about something that I'm passionate about, something that I found a couple years ago that's helped me a ton. And um, it was meditation and mindfulness and stuff like that. And so I got to talk to these guys, and I, I think they kind of looked at me sideways initially because they didn't expect me to come at them with a topic that had absolutely nothing to do with what was going the on Hawks. In November. Yeah. But you know what? Like, they were really receptive to it. I, I had great conversations with everybody. Nobody was, um, you know, like, not willing to start to talk about it. Even the guys that had not done uh, anything with meditation, everybody was really cool. Uh, Udonis and Gorn were, were uh, really exceptional. So all that was really, really dope. Uh, the, the team was awesome. Uh, all of the other media guys, uh, Anthony Chang was there, Shandell was there. Uh, so, you know, it was an all-around 
great experience, quite frankly. Let me, I mean, let me I'm trying not something. to be a fanboy when I'm in there. You know what I mean? Like on one hand, I'm there to cover the team and we're kind of elevating this thing. But in the back of my mind, I remember myself in the Glenn Rice jersey in the in the driveway. You know what I mean? No, dude, I feel I'm, I'm the same. Like when I got to talk to D Wade and Pat, it's like it's a little surreal. Um, but like going back to what you were saying about how the guys like seem happy to see you, man. I've been I've been at these media things, and let me tell you, man, Ira and Barry are about getting news. Like Ira and Barry are out here. Do like I've never seen people earn their paychecks like Ira and Barry. So they're probably relieved because like yo, they're out here, you know, doing journalism, like asking the tough questions. So probably you're a nice, refreshing. A breath of fresh air because you're not asking them about injuries or like the stuff that we got to know so that must be that must be cool for them yeah and and ira was dominating the scene i mean he you could tell he's been on that beat for a while because when spo was up uh to take questions or when anybody was about to do anything he was first in line for it all and you know rightfully so and that he's been on that beat as long as he has but yeah i think that not coming at them with why we're not rebounding and defending against the atlanta hawks in november was probably uh it worked to my advantage on that night let me say we leave that stuff to the beat guys, the pros, and we do our nonsense over here. So that's fun. Uh, and Chris, much Speaking different of experience for you. Chris looks so mad. I mean, I am, but I, I'm trying to trying to focus my thoughts here. I mean, I just wanted to say about Barry though. My first experience with Barry was when I went to cover that that event that Bam was having a few months ago. And yep. it just blew me away how the second that the guy said, oh, okay, it's media time, Barry just came out of nowhere and just scurried <laughs> right up in there with his microphone and got right in his face and just started hitting him with questions. But it was totally, you know, there was no, like, inflections. It was all very measured. I mean, you could tell this guy's been doing it forever. It's, Barry was it's, so let, nice. It's art. Let me, it's art, dude. Like, watching – I think my favorite thing to watch the media members do is tweet while they're interviewing. Like, they're deep in interview mode and they have like the tape recorder and they have their questions lined up and they have a follow-up ready and everything and as all this is happening with the other hand they're live tweeting everything that's happening i'm like i've i've never felt so inadequate in my life yeah no it's amazing that the amount of content they're able to put out especially like you know the like ira and and barry and you know and ethan and guys that literally just pump out tweets as like a presser's Ethan's going washed, on dude yeah that, i don't know i don't know how they all do that stuff i really don't I was misspelling things in media day. Uh, we know. Yeah. I was like, I was trying to get Jay Rich, like Jay Rich was telling us about his passing and every, and I'm like misspelling things. And like, I'm, I'm in the media Hassan scrum and you know, you know what actually happened uh, during media day. So I, I'm in the scrum with Hassan and I'm standing next to our voice of reason, Kate Anderson. And I'm trying to tweet out what Hassan is saying. And I totally botch a word. And Kate is staring at my phone as I'm tweeting it because I, you know, she wanted to see for herself how how things get typed and how I how I mess up everything. And I totally just botched a very routine word. Hit send, did not read, and she started laughing. And I realized that I typoed and I started laughing. And Hassan looked over and I go, Oh no, he thinks we're laughing at him. And I'm like, damn it! No! This is not, no, Hassan, I'm not laughing at you. We're laughing at me not being able to spell properly. But he totally saw. I felt so bad, dude. That was mortified. I wanted to die. It's okay. It was all right in the end. Eventually, uh, Jay Rich told you uh, that you felt sorry that you don't have a love relationship in your life. Yes. Oh, by the way, we are welcome back to Dash Radio here at Heatbeat. Uh, So... Thank you to all our Dash listeners, all, all, all you people that are new and old. Remember to follow us at MIA Heatbeat uh, for all our updates on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook as well. And we actually have a special surprise for the audience uh, at Dash. So we recorded a Bam Adebayo interview at Media Day that we've been saving. He's He was incredible. He was great. So we're going to play that at the end of the episode along with Brass Jazz and Leif's song, Justice Better. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna replay Justice Better at the end for the new audience, and we're gonna debut that Bam interview that we've been sitting on. He was great. We talked about basketball, we talked about Fortnite, about music, about all sorts of stuff. Me, Alex Toledo, Brian Goins, Kate Anderson. We all we all had a good time. Um, Chris, you were at the game last night. I was. Uh, I actually got uh, a media pass because I was actually there to interview Rich Fernando, who was uh, Spoh's assistant for the last uh, 11 years. Um, and he actually transferred to Brett Brown's staff on the Sixers 
And so I was actually there for some of the, you know, some of the scrum, everybody, you know, trying to get at Brett Brown, obviously talking about Jimmy Butler. Uh, and I was just there to ask about his assistant, which I thought was kind of funny. Everybody kind of <laughs> laughed when I asked because it was, you know, obviously everyone's seriously trying to get quotes about Jimmy Butler. And I'm just here, you know, trying to Did ask. Did he about, laugh? Huh? Oh, he absolutely. He even, he was like, he was like, Rich, did you send this guy over here? Like, what are you doing? I had <laughs> and he did. Here. He did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try to have a piece ready by this weekend, but, um, about, you know, the interview and some quotes and stuff, <laughs> but it was a, it was an interesting time. I got a chance to go into the Sixers locker room uh just possibly talk to people but there weren't many guys in there and the media director said the only guy we couldn't talk to was jj reddick and of why course he, because he i guess he doesn't like to be disturbed before the games Dwayne wait too and of, and of course he was one of the only guys there um the only other thing i saw of note which i just thought was weird was i saw mike Mascala getting ready and it looked like he was wearing football pads under his shorts. I didn't. <laughs> what? Like, I don't know if he was just preparing to like hit like Hassan's hips that night or something. But like, it was. I just I found it odd. I didn't think those guys wore any anything under their shorts. But um, he killed them last night. Oh my God. We'll get into that later. But yeah, no, he played the whole third quarter. I think. Disgusting. Yeah, it's. Um... Well, you were mad. Well, I mean, don't get me. I mean, I was just upset. It was one of those games that I was screaming at the refs. And then I, I like at one point I remembered it's like, oh wait, I'm I'm here as credentialed media. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's this is not this is not a good Ref, idea. But suck. like but I'm, but like it, it it literally kills me inside to watch Joel Embiid, you know, using his offhand numerous times to push off on offense and then every touch foul going his direction. Like that was a close game, and I think it was honestly closer. Or it, it it was that close. I th- I think the Heat should have been in that game, and they weren't. Like that honestly, was- I kind of disagree with you because I think that Wayne Ellington's play and Wayne hit a lot of garbage was the only reason why that. That's fair. Played. He he did have a good game. He, he, like, he was like, like yeah, Jack. Like, but like I know he's capable of hitting those kinds of shots, but like some of those things where he was hitting were ridiculous. Like it was peak Wayne. Which kind of got me thinking, is Wayne having the best Miami Heat shooting career? Because like we know Ray Allen is historically a better shooter. But, man, what Wayne Ellington is doing on that volume, like the kinds of shots he hits, what he's able to do as a shooter, I don't think they've ever had that. Yeah, I mean, Capono had a season that's, that is probably on par with some of what Wayne has done, but I don't know that across spanning across multiple seasons, there's been a guy who shot as well as he has. Uh, that's, that's kind of like crazy point. to say. Like multiple three-time – I think Miami, the Miami Heat might have the most three-point like three point champions they do. in league history, and the best shooter that they've ever had is Wayne Ellington, just like from a seasonal standpoint, which I think – I think it's interesting. I don't know, Jack. Yeah, put some respect on James Jones's name. James Jones sucked. He's just Whoa. not an NBA player. He's a three-point shooter and nothing else. He was never good. I'm tired of people talking about him like he was some like legend with LeBron. Like he was in the same camp as like Mike Miller or Joel Anthony, who actually contributed to NBA wins. James Jones never did anything. I will say though, um, Five Reasons tweeted out um, a little question, like a little thought exercise about if you were constructing a nine-man rotation out of the 2012-2013 heat and today's heat, um, who would you go with? And I was doing this myself, and I was coming towards the end, and this was the question I ran into is, what do I put on the bench for shooting? And... Ray Allen's the instinct, but I was thinking about it is Ellington's been much more reliable. We did get Ray kind of on the end of his hot, like the end of his career. And honestly, towards the end, he wasn't shooting that well with us and he was dunking, which was impressive. But other than the one shot in game six, like that wasn't even a good shooting series for him. So, so Ray I would Allen shot. Do you guys want stats for this? Oh, I was to say, did you look this up? Yeah, no, I, I I pulled up the basketball reference. So for Ray Allen for his three point attempts, he averaged four point two in two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen, and shot forty two percent, which is like obviously incredible. And then the next season, twenty thirteen to twenty fourteen, uh, same amount of attempts, uh, thirty seven points percent. Wayne Ellington conversely shot. 
seven and a half threes last season and shot 39%. This season, he's shooting 6.3 threes a game, and he's shooting 42%. Obviously, okay. really small Gina, sample. But... It, it also tells you like the, the sums with a team, which probably would have been easier to read, honestly. Oh, but the, I guess... <laughs> I don't know how to use basketball references as well as you. It's do. okay. Just leave the stats to the professionals. It's not. It's okay. <laughs> leave the stats to the statisticians. <laughs> I was so eager to get in there. I had it loaded. Wait, wait, wait! I want the sauce. He's just, he's just ripping off like year by year numbers side by side, expecting people to follow as they're like driving in a car. Or something. Yeah, that was bad. That yeah, I should leave this to the professional. Chris, show me how it's done. Okay, so. Basically, Wayne takes a lot more threes than than Ray did throughout his career, but Ray shot almost 40% throughout his tenure in Miami, and Ray and Wayne is shooting uh, 38%. 38.8. It's almost 39%. So Ray was a little bit more efficient, but obviously Wayne is way more volume. So you could make a good argument for Wayne. Wayne's running on screens too, though. Like, Ray was doing more or less the same sets that Wayne was, but I feel like Wayne is just in way better shape at this stage in his career than Ray was with us. They also um, trusted Ray to do more ball handling. Yeah, that's well, true. And, and Ray Allen was way more open. I mean, like, I was going to say that that's like a big, <laughs> one of the big issues here is that Wayne Wade. And Wayne Ellington is the focus of the offense. Like, there's no question that Wayne has to work harder for his offense than Ray. Yeah. How much fun would it be to have a player command a double team on your roster? Wouldn't that be fun? Imagine oh, having I forgot three. what it feels like. We we used to have three. <laughs> three. Run Four. the point night. Oh, I miss run the point night. Okay, well, can we kind of have, the have run the point night. <laughs> we kind of do. I mean, it's become run the point night. Yeah. So hold, hold on. Reasons. This is a good moment for me to to vent a little bit. And you guys know that I'm like, I'm the Riley guy. Uh, I'm the Godfather Abby guy. Do it. Uh, I am the corporate shill organization first guy. But like, let's be honest here. Like when when that game ended last night, that was probably like the fifth time that we've had 120 points dropped on us, like that I can remember, and I'm not going off any basketball reference page right now. No, I think Ethan tweeted it. It was the fourth time, I think, in two weeks they've given up 122 points. So, yo, that's not Miami Heat basketball. I don't care what the trends are in the league offensively. That's not Miami Heat basketball. This crap that we're seeing where the team lacks identity, we go games like the third quarter is a layup line for the other team over and over and over again. We're not knocking anybody on their ass. The, the same grit, the same like energy that we used to see from this team that's like customary to Miami Heat rosters. It doesn't matter what our record is. You know like what you're getting from this team. You're not seeing that from this group. I don't know if it's because they got paid and now they're comfortable. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's absurd. I mean – to watch this team over and over again either play awful or play good enough and still not be good enough to close games because they just don't have enough talent. They're like stuck in this weird glut of a roster where they're not a fast three-point shooting team, but they're trying to like give in to that sentiment league-wide and they're sacrificing their soul to do it. It's a mess. And like the more I think about it, I feel like they should kind of blow this thing up. And it's tough for me to say that because I've always been the guy who says don't tank, right? But when you look at this, where the hell is it going? I feel like just not doing anything at all and like these bullshit comments that we hear about average being good or not being good enough, stuff like that, like save it. Like honestly, like where is this team going? The more, The longer that this team – stays the way that it is right now like that's almost more insulting to a longtime fan like me than taking a lean year or two and like me knowing that that's the direction that we're going it's almost more insulting to like present this product and say we're okay everything's good we're just looking for the next right move we're fine we're a six seed we're a nine seed it's i'm i'm sick of it i'm sick 2020 2020 2020 is not happening man what do you mean? <laughs> there can't be all this. I agree with Leif almost 100%. I will say, when we talk about tanking, what are we talking about? Because most of the contracts we're talking about are not really tradable unless you're attaching an asset. 
And if you really want to tank, what you do is you trade Josh Richardson and these other guys to get rid of these bad contracts. And I don't think they should do that. No, and that, think- that's a good point. That, um, I, I should Let me just clarify my tanking statement before people take that and run with it. All I mean is, like, take the young guys, the Bams, the Justice, the Josh, the McGruders, play them all game long and then live with whatever the record is, but sell these veterans. Goran Dragic, I mean, I love that guy, but it might be time to move him. When Hassan gains enough value, it might be time to move him, and the rest of them. Sorry to interrupt you, Jack. No, I agree 100%, and that's kind of where um, I was heading is this is where Goran and Hassan come in because those are the only pieces you could realistically move, make the team significantly worse, and – get into that kind of tanking position because you're not really moving Dion realistically. You're probably not moving JJ. You might move Kelly or somebody, but that's not affecting your team that much. Goron, he's a lifer. It's kind of hard. I was having this conversation with you guys and Chris Whittingham about the human element of this is he has been rooted in Miami. He's given all he has to the franchise, but at the end of the day, he was brought here to play with Bosch unfortunately that never came to fruition and he'd be better off somewhere else on a team where he can actually make an impact and contribute to like a winning project um yeah i think it's time to move on from goron we need to see more bam usage um just to know what he's going to be long term because it's hard to judge him based off of just the role he's in right now I think they have a couple issues <clears throat> in terms of the moving of contracts. I agree with what Jack said. I, I don't really think they should start attaching value to get rid of these other guys. That's why I kind of said 2020. I was like, ride this out. Miami has all their picks. Like we don't. And Miami's track record of drafting lately has been really, really good. They've hit on almost every pick post LeBron. So I kind of would, if they hit on a first round pick next season, and if it's a mid first round pick, you know, and they start getting some cap cleared and Hassan becomes a big expiring contract, you know, that becomes something that's a lot easier to move. Uh, You can start taking salary and getting other picks and then you can kind of convey those for stars. Like, I don't think it's as doom and gloom as anyone says. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time. I do think that we've seen the organization do something uncharacteristic, which is, you know, buy high on a bunch of guys that I feel that they thought were replaceable. Uh, and you know everyone got swept up in 30 and 11 and I, we've talked before about Pat Riley probably trying to build back goodwill in the league after what happened with Dwayne LeBron and, and Bosch but I, I just don't think it's so doom and gloom I, I think they're gonna be about what they were last season I know it started bad Goron's hurt uh you know th- I know Leif you don't like to hear the BS about you know the pace and everything I do agree with you I do think they're trying to play like a little too fast not to their identity uh and I think they're lacking edge. I think that's the key. I think that they're lacking edge that they've played it's, with. It's three you know. years of this. Like we know what this team is. They know what they are. And and like it's apparent. Yeah, but that Damn. hasn't that hasn't changed since the start of the and, year. And the other thing, like to to operate under the premise that we're going to ride this out would just be another example. And there's been a flurry of examples of Riley going against what he has historically always done. And that has been you shake this shit up. Like, let's be honest here. Like, this is not working. I think they tried though. Like the Jimmy Butler stuff was real. Like what what Mark Stein reported today was Kelly and Josh Richardson and a pick were on the table. Which, by the way, shout out to Alex Toledo who called that trade uh, way before it was even offered. He said that that made the most sense for yeah, everyone. So shout out to our professional screw up. Yeah. No, and I, and I um, get that, but so then maybe it's that they got to move on to the next guy. But to sit on this roster, like it also could speak to this: like, are is everybody too comfortable? Is Coach Spolstra too comfortable? Like, I love Spo. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know that if he uh, was ever let go, which I never would want to happen, he would be hired immediately and probably be the highest paid coach in the league. But what I'm saying is, is that we've arrived in this place where the front office nor the coaching staff is in any danger of ever being um, uh, having any corrective action taken towards them about this roster other than maybe, you know, closed door conversations. So like if they have no incentive to really shake this thing up, like if this was the nineties or like the mid two thousands, Riley would have already shaken something up. So it's just kind of weird when we've gone on this long with the same roster and we're expecting different results. It's absolute insanity. I mean, they used up all of their cap 
for the long term without any clear leader, clear alpha, and numerous players who have a flaw. And that is what the modern NBA has become, is that teams find your flaws and they exploit them mercilessly. And when you have a team full of players who can be exploited and you have no one to kind of put you above, you know, the chaos and the confusion that comes through random points of a basketball game, you're not going to be anything more than, you know, and again, this is a credit to Spolster. Look at the roster. Look at where these guys were drafted or not drafted. That's a depiction of talent on a raw level. And there's just not a ton of talent on this team. Kind of to your point and also disagreeing with you a little bit, if you look at the Dwayne Wade 2008 through 2010 teams, I would say that the roster that Miami has now is more talented than those other role guys. But to your point, they had a guy who was just so special that through the chaos. (laughs) No, I know. But what I'm saying is that he was able to erase all that and make them a competitive playoff team, which this team also is a, was a competitive playoff team last season, but it has more, probably more talent, like, you know, like NBA talent. Well, and also those Dwayne teams, like, yeah, we got to watch prime Dwayne, but also like we knew that it was summer. It was the 2010 plan. Like it was talked about openly and I don't feel like we necessarily have gotten them same vibes. When you listen to Riley talk, he's not definitive on this plan and maybe he's being coy about it all. But like, if you told me that 2021 was the plan, then maybe I could get behind it, but we really don't know. But Leif, I have a question for you. And and like this is something that I think has changed from 2010 to today. And in ha- in almost in like half a decade, it's changed. How in 2010, the plan was, let's go after LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosh. They'll take pay cuts, and then we'll fill out the, the rest with, with veterans. That was the move. That was always going to be the move. It was to get stars and to pay them a lot and then to fill, f- fill the rest. Now, look at what max contracts are. Look at how much that takes up of your cap. And it's almost impossible because of how expensive like the salary boom has gotten to realistically build a good team when guys like Jimmy Butler are getting paid this absurd amount of money for a fringe top 10 player. Like Jimmy Butler probably won't be the best player in a championship team. Kyrie Irving probably can't be the best player in a championship team, right? Like, so we're looking at it through this prism in how the league has changed. And I do think that the organization kind of sees this, which is why they've been a little less hesitant to give up picks. You got to find value. And then you get a star, maybe overpay him once you have the value in-house. So what they have now is they have a couple guys on value contracts. They have all their picks, but they're just stuck with expensive veterans. Yeah, I mean, speaking to what you just said, the Heat are in no position under any circumstance to trade any pick for the next couple of years. There's, there's they no shouldn't. not even to dump a contract. They should be trading picks no, or players to dump a contract. If they move a pick, that's a pretty clear sign that they haven't really learned anything from their previous mistakes. I will say though that these are just a couple mistakes that are ruining what is a relatively short period. Um, We can bring up Ethan Skolnick's great column that um, I think we're all thrilled that he wrote for a heat beat, like that we would never would have imagined that. Hold on. Wait, I want to, I want to take a second. uh, And I I really want you to continue, but I want to take a second to, for people to understand who've been with us since the start, Brian and I were doing this show from an iPad in my kitchen, literally banging pots and pans as LeBron hit a buzzer beater to beat the Pacers in the playoffs. That was a long time ago. We were doing garbage. We were doing weird segments. We played a game called Play the Box Score. I would basically read off a box score and Brian would play music. And now Ethan J. Skolnick is writing for our website. And which is just like, what a time. And the starters, J.E. Skeets just shared that column. On Yo, the starters just shared a Miami Heat beat column. Isn't that cool? The homies. Yeah. <laughs> what a dude! What a time! And it's a great column. I'm happy. It's a great column. It's a great it's column. Ethan being Ethan, like probably like one of my favorite sports writers, right there with Lebetard. He was better than anybody at covering the Big Three Heat, and he's covering a much less interesting team, but still with interesting writing. Now that I've said that, I have issues with what he said, and let me rip him to shreds. Uh, 
No. He closes <laughs> his column. Um, he says, but um, now, oddly, with their experienced, intelligent front office, the Heat have become the Dolphins. He's analyzed the Heat situation pretty perfectly. I will say, though, this idea that they're now in line with the other Miami franchises, the Marlins and the Dolphins, because they're kind of at this level now, is seems short-sighted to me that they were one game away from the East Eastern Conference Finals like two years ago, and all of these terrible Three. contracts, 2016. And these contracts are going to come off the books in like two years. Hassan's last year is, is yeah. next year. He's an expiring next year, as is Tyler. Tyler has an option. So everybody's going to be expiring soon. So this period that we're talking about where they're in perpetual purgatory is really such a short span of time. And we need to see how they react to once the contracts come off the books, how they start approaching the off seasons and how they start approaching team building. And honestly, this is the best time in NBA history to be mediocre because the Golden State Warriors exist. And there's no possible way the Miami Heat could construct an NBA roster that would compete for a championship right now, realistically. That's kind of been my point. Unless we trade for Durant. Yo, Lave, <laughs> we trade for Durant. I love that about Heat fans because Heat fans have become Nick fans in that they think everyone's coming here. They become Laker fans. And Laker fans. Like, we're, we're the fan base that now thinks everyone's going to come here. Locker room drama between Draymond and KD. Whoa. Maybe we can send Jay Rich, Justice, and two first. Three first. Oh, going to trade for Durant. We're doing You know what's funny about that is that, like, you know how every fake, fake trade is just trading all your garbage for the star? That's essentially what they got Goron for. What was it, like Danny Green? They um, traded all two those picks. And two picks, but it was a lot of garbage and two picks. Which I mean, look, guys. You said honestly, Danny Green. You mean, did you mean Danny Granger? I'm sorry, Danny Granger. Heat Granger. life for Danny Granger. Never forget, hashtag Christmas game. Stick it in Cleveland. I will still defend that move to death. <laughs> Just because, okay, what would those two, like, number 20, 21 picks really have been? I mean, we can probably know right now can't we i mean yeah we really looked it up this is a googleable this is one of the easier questions to answer hey. and we're not gonna we we might have been able to attach one of those guys to one of these other contracts and move yeah. them now but right? hindsight's 2020 and that goron bosch pair would have been incredible so Dragon i just bosch like, see yeah I think we all know yeah. and they made that deal yeah, they made that deal thinking Bosch was going to play. So, I mean, that the Goran deal is not the one I have a problem with. It's a lot they of the stuff that They made that deal not thinking then. Hassan would implode. Yeah, it's pretty much their reaction to the post-Bosch era and the NBA cap explosion that really messed them up. Is I think they got a little confused on the cap numbers. They may have thought smoothing was going to be more of a thing. Uh, it just was kind of a weird time for NBA deals. Not in defense of the front office, but... It was a very confusing, very short period that's messed them up for this um, like four-year span. And that sucks, but that's one period where the Dolphins and Marlins have been terrible since I can remember. I mean, the Dolphins have had one playoff appearance since Dwayne Wade has been drafted. See, and for me, it's not even about like that they're uh, an average team. It's that... When, whenever the Heat have been average since the day Riley got there and talked about parades down Biscayne Boulevard, anytime they're average, they're 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 making moves. There's there's changes being made, and maybe I'm just starved for a transaction. You know, label me guilty for that. But just to continually see the same roster and it's just it's getting really really old. It's wearing it's wearing on the fan base. I mean, you can see it on social media. Uh, I think that if fans knew that they were going to tank this year and not tank in the way of like purposefully lose games. But if they were going to go lean on the roster all of a sudden, I think you'd actually see the fan base get more no, excited about the future than you're they currently I, are. Yeah, no, they I, were doing that and they were doing that when they started 11 and 30 and everyone hated them. No, I think it's a thing issue though. you loved it hold on wait a second Brian. you loved it after when dion was posing <laughs> no, after beating no, the warriors at 11 30 and start because i thought we actually had a chance to get a top three Brian did, Dude, everyone was then so Warriors happened uh, brad you remember the shows that so we were excited. doing during that 11 and 30 like start but brian you was know, upset I think... when they started going 30 and 11 i remember he that. was no he was he was he was he i will give him that he was consistent but don't I be do remember the shows we were having we call markel fultz martel flux martel flux 
<laughs> and Riley was watching that Lonzo was the, Ball. That was the guy nah. we were gonna get. Aren't you yeah. happy that? Aren't you happy they went thirty and eleven? Apparently, we can get it for Ronnie Magruder and uh, and who else? And uh, Wayne Ellington, <laughs> sneaky old. See, but there's a difference between trotting out Kasib Powell and like going through that whole thing and like letting it be Justice Bam and Magruder and and Josh and like you just see where the hell you land and and it's just you let those guys actually play and see what we have. Maybe if all those guys played like. 35 minutes a game and I know most of them are so that so I mean credit to the team that they are doing that but you know we'll see when JJ and Dwayne and everybody else is back but like maybe you all of a sudden would have four pieces that you could actually put together a package for a megastar but you don't you're never going to know if these guys don't really get that opportunity and uh, and Bam's a big part of that seeing what we have and that's the thing like you know people talk about tanking Nobody's saying to literally just shoot all these guys into the sun like I may have tweeted angrily last night. <laughs> but, you know, just trade, like, some of these veteran guys that are making some money. Like, get whatever you can back, even if it's just another expiring or something. Like, you don't – it doesn't have to be anything of substance. If you can clear a line for these young guys to play, you at least learn what they are. And that is the most important step for the next step this franchise has to take. What the figuring f- out happened to your voice? <laughs> what? Yeah. It's fantastic. I hope it sounds just like that. From the oh, I can't you breathe. <laughs> your voice changed. Yeah, you're a different you person. Like you're it was not. Section. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I mean, I wasn't feeling that great yesterday, and I'm still trying to get over that. But uh, God, now you guys—you sound like brass all of a sudden. Oh my God, that was funny. I could not. Oh, was it? Was it because I got deeper into you the mic? Get deeper yes. into the mic. I oh will say God. though, Leif and Ethan in his column touched on um, two big things that I think are key to the way we perceive this team is the way the Heat are marketing themselves right now, and they're marketing themselves as a team that we should care about um they're saying there's never been a better time to be a heat fan everybody and their mother knows that's <laughs> nobody unless you're like yeah two. nobody's yeah. buying that not even the person who wrote it especially not the person who wrote it and simply if they were to market this as we have three young guys and they're growing and we're going to see what they can be and we're going to try to improve for the future and we're not that concerned with what's happening right now they wouldn't even have to make huge moves. They could just sell you on the fact that they are building something, that they're, that is their plan. Um, the fact that we kind of don't know whether they believe in this team or not is a huge part of the problem because we don't know how they're going to approach cap space when they do get cap space. Yeah, no, that, I couldn't have said it better myself. Like, it, we just want to know what direction we're going. If we're going to be a veteran team that's going for a four seed – then make moves that indicate that and let's roll with it. You know what? Like, fine. I trust you, Pat. Like, let's do that thing or let's go in the other direction. But this like halfway, you know, half measures kind of deal that we have going on right now, it's just really frustrating as a fan. Uh, we just want to know what direction we're going. I have no problem with what they're doing. <clears throat> I, I think that they handled the Jimmy Butler negotiations fine. Um, I felt that th- I felt giving too much first, like jumping at the first opportunity for change is not a good thing either. I think they did the smart thing. They they negotiated. I'm going to be honest. That deal that was supposedly rejected, I thought that was too much. Kelly, Jay Rich in a first. And the money. That's too much. Well, yeah. Now And then it was reported that, that Thibs wanted $5 million, which is like, why the hell? Like he, he asked Pat, he's like, okay, this, but also $5 million. And I don't blame Pat Riley for hanging up the phone and saying, what an a-hole. Yeah, I don't blame. I believe he called him a mother. (laughs) (laughs) Write that down, Brian. Um, I wanted to bring up really quickly, guys, because I know like Ethan wrote this in the story and I feel like it hasn't been discussed enough. But like that quote from that heat official saying we need to trade badly. (laughs) Was Leif that heat official? I don't know. I was that heat official. I was just hiding behind him. I just well, with your new voice, breath. you absolutely could be the heat official. Let's actually have a heat official Let's pretend I'm Okay. You're the heat official. Role play. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Mm, we need to trade badly. <laughs> no, but for real, like honestly. <laughs> for real, they need to like, trade badly. I, I haven't been in a ton of, of NBA locker rooms, but you I'll just say. say this. When I went into the locker room, Atlanta, the team was not having fun. There was no um, 
Like you see the Warriors oh, 2014 all over again. Yeah, it was just it, you just got a vibe of guys were just kind of going through the motions to some degree or like just doing their job. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Do your job. Like that's all good. But you didn't. I just didn't get that like uh, vibe that, that that this team was like together in a way that you've seen other teams in the past. And I just think that that's indicative of that. It's taxing to be in trade rumors to then not know really what your role is. Like you got Kelly Olynyk one night playing 32 minutes and the next night playing 18 minutes. Like that stuff is happening to everybody except like maybe Josh Justice and a couple other guys. So like. Well, Justice last night just completely disappeared from their offensive plan, which was strange. Yeah. So I just think that it's a it's like a perfect storm that's made this team stale. And if they don't do something about it, it's just it's literally indefensible and negligent on the part of the front office. And I, I mean, come on, like I am the Pat Riley guy, but I just I can't see where that the smart play is to say, well, let's just ride this thing out. Like, I, I just don't understand it. I'm going to get made fun of for this take. And Twitter will absolutely make fun of me. Make fun of me at Genavis103 for this take. I really do think that James Johnson coming back into the lineup is going to help them. Because, and I cannot believe I'm citing intangible stuff. But man, he's going to give them an edge that they don't have. Like honestly, they're they're pretty soft right now. No, Gianni, actually, he gives them something they don't have. And that's a power forward. <laughs> because... All the guys they play at power forward are not power forward. Justice is not a four. Where are they hiding James Johnson? Justice is not a four. I don't get it. There's no updates on his status. What's going on? That that hernia was supposed to be mostly healed. He told you it was healed at the event. He's in a dungeon somewhere without food and some nice suits. And I yeah. don't know. I don't, I don't know how nice they are, but I don't know what he's doing. They've been feeding there. him red meat, getting ready you know, for the fight. Get, get him back on the court. We need him to throw oh somebody God. around, seriously. I cannot believe we need James Johnson and his passes to the fourth row. James Johnson is the last thing this team needs. They I think need they need Edge. Jack, they no, need Edge. They more need Chris. heart. Need they need fire in the eyes. I, w- I wanted to oh, come out, Jack. Let's go. Let's Jack, play. hold on. Wait a second. Yes or no, the Heat are last in the league in fire in the eyes. <laughs> Okay, he would help the team undeniably. What they need right now is not to get marginally better. That's the worst the thing they can have right now. We need fire in the eyes. Pace adjusted. Fire in the eyes. Pace adjusted. Fire in the eyes. I'm sick of this. I'm switching to the deuces. Tell me I'm, I'm wrong. You're you're not wrong. You're just a look. I know Dan makes fun of that kind of stuff. Fire in the eyes and body language. Stuff. I do too. But, I've yo, always made fun like, of it. Listen, man. Like there is. I legit believe that right it, now. That's those, that's, those are just figures of speech. Like, we me. we could dissect that, and there's probably in the quantum physics world a way of explaining what we mean by fire in the eyes. But it's not just like a BS statement that's like hacky. Like there's actually something behind that. But we obviously are just summing up what we mean by that. Um. You know what, oh, Leif? I have a great I have a great way to kind of phrase that in a way that people might understand. Uh, earlier, Jack mentioned that thought exercise that Ethan was doing on five reasons about you know pick your roster from from 2012 to and today. And I came across deciding between Mario Chalmers and Josh Richardson. And one might think that's ridiculous because obviously Josh Richardson is just a better player than Mario Chalmers. However, Chalmers has the guts, man. And I'm not sure that Jay Rich has the guts like Chalmers has the guts. This is bull. Tell me I'm not wrong, Jack. But do you get what I mean? Like, I know in a big game, I don't know why, but I feel like Chalmers is going to come through. Like, I know game seven in the finals, I can count on his ass to hit a three from the logo. I know I can count on that. Maybe not can hit, but he's definitely going to get the shot up and he's not. He hit, Leif. Leif, I saw him hit it. Leif, he hit it. He's not dribbling out of bounds on the baseline. He's not because he's going to shoot it before he dribbles out of bounds. (laughs) He, He would hit that game seven shot and Josh would not hit that game seven shot. But if you had Josh Richardson instead of Josh Mario might, Trump, Josh might, might. Games, he's That's a better fair. player. And you don't get in those clutch situations. That's fair. But hold on, wait a second. That game in OKC for life, game four for life, or was it game, it was two? game two? The cramp game. That was game. That was game two. Game two for life. That was supposed to be Dwayne Wade's moment, and you know Mario Mutter bleeping Chalmers, the greatest point guard in franchise history. Okay. Is he okay? I, I love Mario Chalmers more than the next guy, but. Can they bring him back? Is he still hurt? 
He wants to play. He wants to play for Miami. He said in Ethan's pod. He said he wants to play for Miami? Of course. He trains in Miami. Hey, he lives here still. Mickey. Mickey. Pat. Eric. <gasps> Could you imagine Mario on the tank heat? Yeah. Can they bring in Mario as like a that buyout guy? That would make this guy? team like, more interesting. Yes or no? I'm in, dude. Oh, if they if they market as Dwayne, Udonis, and Mario. <laughs> the gang is back yeah. together. Yo, forget, forget Jax about marketing the young players. Just... <laughs> Did Mario and Josh play together? Um, for a little bit, right? Wait, I think they probably had a season before together. he got sent to to G League. Because Josh, Josh and Bosch played together, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. So Mario yeah, was Josh here when Bosch was here. Josh and Bosch are close. Apparently, they were good friends when Bosch was on the. They still talk. Yeah, when Bosch was here. When Bosch was here for that game, and then Bosch was getting like all like you know like buddy buddy with Dwayne and with Justice and with Josh. Man, I got so emotional. I love Chris Boss so much. And then when he went to the okay. Laker game, I was scared. I was like, I don't want you to play for them. He's not coming back. I hope he doesn't. I just I just want him to be okay. I just want him to live a long, beautiful Bostridge life. I bet you can't say Josh Bosch five times really fast. I can't spell Josh Bosch. Josh Bosch. The gosh. Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch, Josh Bosch. I win. I, I, I really hope Heat officials are listening to that to hear my producer just say Josh Boss in a weird voice. Yeah. Write that down, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if you just bleep out that entire thing like a long bleep. <laughs> just what the hell did he say? They'll have no idea. It's that's gonna be great. We're gonna do that. Oh, speaking of bleeps, can we talk about Draymond Green calling Kevin Durant a bitch? Let me tell you something. I After I read that today, which was magical, by the way, and Draymond Green called him out because he thinks that Durant's Green. leaving in the offseason, yeah. which is just incredible. It made me want Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant on the same team. Oh, my God, why? Because <laughs> Durant would get chewed out by two crazy people. Add Mello and John Wall, and I'm in. <laughs> Are we getting mellowed to Miami? Is this uh, a thing? We didn't even talk about that. We got such... so Wait, Leif has a nugget. I want to hear about this. The latest I heard, and I'm not happy to talk about this at all, is that uh, the, it, the, they've basically reached out to the Heat um, and, and kind of said if he is waived, they would be uh, very, very happy if he was claimed because Miami was the team he was really – uh, considering uh, in the whole Houston thing. And he's kind of regretted that decision, I think, in hindsight. So he would like to end up in Miami. I think the team has kind of moved on. I get the sense that they wouldn't pull the the trigger on a mellow deal. But the fact that he's even floating the idea back to the organization of claiming him, just it brings up very scary thoughts, you know, of, I mean, I guess if we're, if we're going for one of those Duke kids, maybe it'll work out just fine. But just to think about another guy who, is not necessarily bringing the fire in the eyes. It's just it. Uh, Melo's not going to help them with fire in the eyes. Melo's not going to help. Melo's listen. Melo, oh 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 oh. Melo's going to the help them. <laughs> fire up the tank. What Melo's going to do? He's going to help their jab step for forty-eight minutes. That's what will yeah. help them. Just jab steps. Just <laughs> jab it. steps galore. You know, I, I would be insulted if I were the Heat because let me tell you something. I like. I, we all know me. I have horrible dating track record. Nobody wants to be with me. So in this situation, I'm the Heat, and I tried to go out with Carmelo Anthony, and Carmelo Anthony rejected me, and Carmelo Anthony went out with the way better guy, and then now Carmelo Anthony's calling me up after it didn't work out. I don't even get the callback, but if I did, I'd be insulted. How many wins would we get from Dion, Dwayne, Melo, Hassan, and Udonis as the starting five? Enough to get one of those dookies. Yeah. Zion. (laughs) You know, let me tell you something. If we were doing a normal show, the show would have ended right there. We will now uh, leave you with the interview that we did on Media Day. It's me, Alex Toledo, Brian Goins, Kate Anderson, and Bam Adebayo to talk about life, basketball, and Fortnite. And after that, the musical stylings of Lefty Leif and Brass Jazz. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on this show. Enjoy our recorded content. Podcast. We're podcasting. We're millennials. 
Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heavy Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Navas. And from Media Day, we have our professional screw up, Alex Toledo, our boy, Bam Adebayo. Bam, welcome to the program, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. I look forward to having fun with y'all today. So I know we're like, we're all millennials, so we have to have a podcast because that's what millennials do. We have a podcast and we post on the gram because that's, you know, that's how we do it. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about millennial stuff. Um, I know that my colleague here, Alex, interviewed you at your back-to-school event, and I know that you play Fortnite, and I know that you allege that you're the best on the team at these games. Ooh. Fortnite, yes. Fortnite, you're the okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know Fortnite. Bam. I'm a, I'm, I play games. I like anime. I'm a nerd, but I don't know what this Fortnite is. Can you explain to me, who doesn't know what this is, what is Fortnite? Fortnite is... How do you explain Fortnite? That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. I see like these kids it's, playing Fortnite, and I'm these it's kids. It's like yeah, I'm 25. I'm 25. Like, these kids, these kids out here playing Fortnite, and I'm confused. It's like Hunger Games. Okay. I guess you can explain it that way. Okay, it's like Hunger but Games. But when you get in a fight, you like can like build, like. So it's like Minecraft and Hunger Games. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And you got a little bit of. Um, three little pigs, cause you know how they build Another the straw, pigs. brick, and wood. Okay. Except one of them so has metal. So it's like settlers of Catan. Do you know that? Oh God, is that is that so nerdy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> settlers, Fortnite. Okay. So you told me last time that you're the best on team when it comes to 2K and Fortnite. I remember I told you that Jay Rich would say something different, and you were adamant. You doubled down. Are you the best at 2K and Fortnite on the team? All right. See, Fortnite is kind of. I'm gonna give it to Dion, honestly. Oh, Dion. <laughs> I'm giving it to Dion. So I feel like I'm top three. Oh, that's different. Okay. He's had a lot of time. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I'm doing a Dion Instagram. He'll get like no quick scope kills and. Oh yeah. So I'd be like, all right, well, uh, I'm not finna play with you, so I'm just, I'm just stay away from you. So he'd be like, yeah, man, uh, get on the game and play with me. So no. Not, I'm not I'm not getting involved in that because you're going to have all the kills and I'm going to be like the dude that be like I'm flanking and then he gets victory are you a, are you a trash talker? if I'm winning yes are you okay so you're a front running trash runner yes you're, okay you're a front yeah, runner definitely is there anybody who's more of a front runner than you in terms of trash talk in video games? Jay Rich Jay Rich Jay Rich, Jay Rich looks like he but Hassan too though Hassan looks like he met out to my trash it's age too. Yeah, but, but Hassan looks like he talks trash even when he's losing. Like Hassan be down and he's telling you about his comeback that's about to happen and how like you gotta get ready because like this is about to go. That down. sounds exactly like him. Yeah, I nailed it. Because he's he's very competitive when it comes to like video games and 2K because he plays it a lot. Yeah. So matter of fact, last year the first time I played, I first time I played Hassan, I beat him. So he was like, "Man, you played 2K? Like, not really." <laughs> I don't really play like that. I mean, I only have the game. So he started playing and I beat him. And I was like, all right, I'm never playing you. <laughs> so he was like, no, nah, bro, you gotta, you gotta do the best out of, best out of three. And I was like, I was like, no. He <laughs> started moving the goalposts. Yeah. He was like, he's like, it's like, no, like you gotta play me. And I was like, all right, we'll play. So I let him win the second game and I called it a draw. <laughs> I see, like on, um, I see on like Jay Rich on his snap, he'll put like Super Smash. You guys play that? Okay. Yeah. Who do you mean? I play Smash. So who do you mean? Uh, I mean, I that's my guy, dude. I don't really play like that. It's mainly a J-Rich thing. I'm, <laughs> I mean, it's mainly like a J-Rich thing. I mean, J-Rich is, he loves FIFA and Smash Bros. So, whenever you be like, J-Rich play me in FIFA, he be like, you do not want this problem. <laughs> so, one of my, one of my, one of my hometown friends came to Miami one day and we was over J-Rich house. He was like, Jerry Rich, play me, play me at FIFA. Jerry Rich was like, you, you don't want that problem. Like, you, you will get beat. And, you know, he was like, all right, well, let's see it. Like, I'm down for the challenge. You can't be that good. So I'm looking at him like, you're about to get beat by 10. <laughs> so first go, all right, it's about to get ugly. And Jerry Rich has a rule in his house. If you score, I think it's, if it's 7-0. There's house rules. Yeah, if it's seven zero, you owe everybody in the house pizza. Okay. So I it like got the rule. it got the ten zero. So I'm waiting for the pizza, and then he was like, "Man, I'll cash up everybody." And I was like, "Oh, you, <laughs> you just broke the rule." But after that, he was like, "I'm never playing Jerry Rich again." And I was like, "I told you not." Yo, to. everybody's petty. Yeah, I'd never play. Bam, do you like pineapple on your pizza? 
This is important. This is important journalism that we're doing here at Media Day. See, I feel like you do. I do. I love it. I'm but a kind I of can't do it. Have you tried it? Yes. What, what don't you like about it? I just can't get. I can't have my pineapple on my pizza. Like I can eat pineapple separate and pizza separate, but I can't put you don't them like together. Them. You don't like them together. Yeah, it's just not a. Okay, I feel you. He looks hurt. <laughs> I am hurt like that's. I grew up with pineapple and pizza. Like I'm, you know, a little bacon sometimes, onion, pineapple. With the pineapple? Yeah, dude. Oh no, no. You're missing out. No, it's no. better than what? What is that? Justice sandwich, the peanut butter and jalapeno. He's out here peddling that. Yeah, you see that face you made. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not. not that's it was not. a big story when he was a rookie that he that he liked to eat that sandwich. It was a peanut butter with jalapeno. Ew. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so now while we're on this topic, I got a Rohan and Cardi from Sports Illustrated has been asking Heat players what their favorite pub sub is. Pub sub. Okay. Do, are you familiar with Publix? Yeah. Okay. They have subs. The the, the deli. Have you not had a pub sub? That is I've, like a Miami rite of passage. <laughs> I've never had. Bam! What pub. are you doing? I go to the, I go to the daily. Pub sub. Chicken tender's good. Report back. We report back. <laughs> Tell Spo you had something really important to do and that this this takes priority. I mean, I just never had a pub sub. Dog, you've heard me twice this interview, dude. I, First with the pineapple. I mean, I sh- now at least pub. I shop at Publix. Okay, that's good. That's better than Winn-Dixie. Publix lifers here. My mom likes Winn-Dixie. My, mom likes, my grandma likes Winn-Dixie. But I don't tell her. I tell her, Abuela, you're being cheap. That means grandma, you're being cheap. <laughs> How's your Spanish? Is it good? No. No, no Spanish? No, none. Any? Me speaking no Spanish. I had to hit up Chris Bosch. Yeah. Yeah, CB, I don't know. Lauren speaks Spanish, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lauren, oh, yeah. Lauren speaks Spanish? Lauren speaks a little bit. Oh, see, my Spanish. I took it in high school, and then after that. It like was, poetry. Yeah, like poetry. So. Yeah, I sent this guy because we were talking about you were a po- that you were poetry in high school, and I sent this guy like, "Yo, get me a Bam poetry story. I need to know about Bam Adebayo soft side. And I was disappointed when he came back and you did it for girls. Did it work out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only male in there. <laughs> Bam, thank you so much for the time, dude. Appreciate it. You're the best. I wish you a great season. Appreciate y'all. You know, you're, he, he Twitter's about you, by the way. Like, he Twitter loves you. Like, you are a he Twitter unicorn. Like, we're, like he posts the vines of you, like, switching out to Steph Curry, like, daily, dude. Like, we have he Twitter group chats. More than the dunks. Yo, where these things circulate. Like, we're obsessed with your switch defense. Good, good. Yo, the people the people love you. Really quickly, I want to hijack. Is justice better? Justice? Yeah, is he better? In... Just is he better, yes or no? It's better than what? Yes or no? <laughs> well, I'm going to say no. The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes, man. Thank you so much for joining our program. Appreciate, Appreciate it. y'all. Okay, thanks, man.
Hi, this is Craig Mish from Swings and Mishes here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. Just in case you missed any of our podcasts in the past, here's what you missed. We have been um, extremely aggressive in, in trying to acquire additional uh, international dollars, not just for you know uh, potential free agents with two first names. It's nice that, that ownership is, is fully supportive and allowing us to, to, to do everything in our power um, to be um, the best team in, in, in this region, in the gateway to America, and, and, and for Miami to become a destination spot for, for all Latin players uh, because, you know, this is such an international city. Hey, it's Josh Chappelle. And Mr. Bill 11. Now, we are from Smark Your Territory, the Five Reasons Sports Network's resident wrestling podcast coming at you live on tape every Wednesday. From the Fortress of Smart. Join us on the fringes of the smattering for some not-so-serious pro-wrestling talk. It's Smart Your Territory every Wednesday on the 5 Reasons Sports Network.